comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Lab podcast. This is our July edition. It's also our pre-San Diego Comic-Con edition, so we're going to have a lot of news about what we're doing and what's going on in San Diego uh, vis-a-vis Action Lab and Action Lab Danger Zone. We have a lot of cool stuff and uh, and, and uh, great things going on there. We also have a lot of cool things available for pre-order this month uh, in the July previews, and we're going to top it all off with an interview with Mr. Anthony Rutgazer, the creator and writer for our, one of our newest Action Lab titles, uh, The First Hero. Um, it, it's pretty uh, interesting and, and intriguing new book. Um, very original, very very interesting guy, too. Uh, you'll want to stick around for that interview. But we have a lot of news to get to and a lot of previews to get to, so let's get right to the news. And as I said, uh, San Diego Comic-Con is just around the corner. As we record this, it'll be next weekend. Uh, so we are gearing up in a big way. Uh, first of all, if you want to see us, visit us at Action, uh, at Action Lab at San Diego Comic-Con uh, 2014. We are in booth 2006. Um, if you look at your giant you know, main map, you'll be able to track us down there. And if you do, and I think you're going to want to, because we have some really cool show exclusives that we'll be, uh, we'll be selling and giving away. Uh, first of all, we have a show-exclusive... Um, for Zombie Tramp number one with the Dan Mendoza cover, uh, it's limited to a thousand copies. It's a special cover, uh, Comic Con exclusive, only a thousand copies. We also have our debut of our brand new title, Nutmeg. Um, pretty pretty cool title. I don't want to say too much about it until the book is out, um, but it's it's a really great new title for Action Lab. And the first time you can get your hands on Nutmeg number one will be a limited to 1,000 copy edition available at San Diego Comic-Con. You should definitely check that out. We also have uh, a Vamplets book, uh, Vamplets the Nightmare Nursery Book 2, Comic-Con exclusive. That also is limited to 1,000 copies, and it continues the story of the Nightmare Nursery from the Vamplets' first hardcover. Um, If you know anything about the Vamplets, um, the really cool... Uh, property we have the the cutest little undead you ever did see they're very popular and i guarantee you those thousand copies will be gone probably the first day or two so you might want to get them while you can and finally skyward number eight comic-con sketch cover edition now this is a great opportunity because well first of all it's a limited edition thousand copies uh second of all it's skyward one of the hottest titles that action lamb has it is on fire it has uh, it has been five star reviewed left right and center um recommended by all kinds of people um you know uh, in 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 the industry in the in you know critics uh artists writers of comics alike have all praised skyward and rightfully so jeremy dale does a great job with it and uh this is going to be a special comic-con sketch cover edition with a blank sketch cover as you know we, we've seen recently with some of the limited editions which would work will work great because mr jeremy dale is one of the very uh talented uh group that is going to be appearing and doing signings at our booth during san diego comic-con and here's the signing schedule for the for the con first of all i'm on thursday uh, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., we have Emily Martin from Princeless. Uh, Princeless, another book that has been red hot lately and just getting a lot of interest and a lot of uh, a lot of buzz. Uh, Jeremy Dale will be appearing, and uh, Ray Height uh, from Midnight Tiger, one of our newest uh, breakout 
uh, comics, uh, one of our newest breakout titles, a really cool take on the teen superhero that we really haven't seen before. They'll both be signing uh, from 1 until 3 p.m. on Thursday. On Friday, you can meet the, the man who is the creative uh, backbone of Action Lab, uh, Dave Dwanch. He's also um, a contributor to Vamplets and Double Jumpers. He'll be signing s- stuff uh, from uh, 12 noon to 1. Jeremy Dale will be back on Friday from 2 to 3, um, signing issues to Skyward. And Emily Martin will be back on Friday from 4 to 5, uh, of course, from Princeless. Then on Saturday, uh, we, we have a little bit of a change around. Uh, Michael Hunau from Crimson Society, the first issue uh, just popped up in previews this month. We'll be talking about it when we get to the preview section of the, the show. Um, it, it's been a digital debut for us for a little bit on uh, Comixology, and now it's made the jump to print. And uh, you can catch him and have him sign stuff for you from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Emily Martin will be available again from 1 to 2. Dan Mendoza from Zombie Tramp, uh, incredibly popular comic that we're putting out now. Uh, it's getting, it's kind of, it's starting to grow beyond its, its, its cult following. I mean, uh, I don't know. Some people say the zombie thing is over, but I just see it getting more and more momentum. Uh, he will be signing his San Diego exclusive, uh, Zombie Tramp number one, the ongoing, uh, from two to five. And then Raymond Height, uh, as I said before, the creator of and uh, Mastermind Behind Midnight Tiger, one of our most innovative new books, uh, will be there from 5 until 6 on Saturday. And then finally, also on Sunday, um, signing in tandem, in tandem will be Jeremy Dale and Ray Height uh, from 1 to 3 p.m. as the con winds down. Now, if you want to find our uh, creators in their um, Artist Alley locations, uh, Jeremy Dale is at Artist Alley BB18. Jamal Eigel uh, from Molly Danger is at Artist Alley GG21. Dave Dwanch uh, from Vamplets and a lot of other things was at Small Press L14. Lee Hernandez from The Garlics is at AA19. And Jason Martin from Zombie Tramp and Night of the 80s Undead and pretty much anything Danger Zone does is at Small Press L16, right next to Dave. We're going to be doing a, uh, and finally, as icing on the San Diego cake, as a, Action Lab cake, as it were, um, on Saturday, um, Kevin Freeman, Dave Dwanch, Jason Martin will be uh, teaming up with Jamal Eigel, uh, Jeremy Dale, and Ray Height uh, for our Action Lab panel. Uh, we're going to be discussing recent and future releases. We're going to be making some uh, some announcements. We have some premieres, some debuts, some digital trailers we're going to be showing off. All kinds of cool stuff. It's going to be a nice multimedia deal uh, showing off what Action Lab has in store for the next year or so. And we're going to be following that with a um, Q&A session. That's Saturday uh, of the con from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. at room 28DE. Um, now, if you weren't, you know, didn't have a pen and paper and you wanted to uh, refer to something, then write all that, you know, rather than writing all that, you know, being, trying to write all that down as I said it, uh, join us on, follow us on Twitter, follow Action Lab, Action Lab Danger Zone on Twitter, and I will be constantly refreshing daily uh, all of this information up until the, and during the con, uh, just so everyone knows where everyone is and what's going on what day. So if you join us on Twitter and follow us on the Twitter feed, uh, follow us on Facebook, we'll be linking to this info and you, um, you know, can check it out as you, at your leisure. But as you can tell, we have a lot going on at San Diego Comic-Con this year. Um, and we hope you can join us there. I mean, it's the big geek prom. Everybody wants to be there who isn't, you know, who's geeky that, uh, you know, can, can be there, will be there, and everyone else wants to be there. Um, we have a lot of really great announcements, a lot of great creators. It's going to be a good show and a good time. So come see us at San Diego Comic-Con International 2014. Now let's jump right into previews. And available in previews for July 2014. Um, first off, we have the second issue of The First Hero by Anthony Rutgazer and... Uh, Philip Sevy uh, on art and 
as I mentioned at the end, um, after I'm done with the previews here, we're going to be going right to a an interview with uh, Mr. Reckazer and talking about uh, not only the book First Hero, but his career as a professional wrestler, um, how he got into comics, how he met, uh, how he got uh, Lee Motor, who is you know, doing the covers, the standard covers for the um, book, um, to join him in this endeavor, where the idea came from, and all that other kind of good stuff. It's a very intriguing idea. Um, everybody in this universe that he's writing about, who's been given uh, super abilities of some sort, have gone criminally insane, except for this one guy um, who is uh, you know, Jake. This this one character who you know decides that you know he has to stand up. He's the only one because he has abilities and still has his wits about him. Uh, is the only one who'd be be able to stand up to the rest of these, you know, criminally insane, superpowered people. Um, it's an interesting premise. It's definitely original, something we haven't seen before in the genre. And issue number two is available in previews this month. Next, um, the return of Jack Hammer um, in a two-part bi-monthly miniseries uh, called Usurper. And uh, part one is available in previews this month. Um, that's uh, written by Brandon Barrows, who we just interviewed a few episodes ago. And the artist uh, uh, is Ionic. Um, Jack McGriskin, you know, a.k.a. Jack Hammer, is getting back on his feet. And uh, in, in typical super noir fashion, he ends up having to think with his think fast on his feet and with his fists. Um, it's it's a cool mix of, of noir and political intrigue and superpowers, and Usurper is the latest Jack Hammer story, and issue number one of that story is available in previews this month. Also, um, now a monthly series, which is awesome because it's so good, and if you haven't checked it out, I definitely recommend you do so. Midnight Tiger, number three, is available in previews this month. Um, that's written by uh, Duane Feenstra and uh, drawn and co-written by Ray Anthony Haidt. Um, also the cover done by Ray Anthony Haidt, who's done all kinds of work. He's a, you know, uh, I hate to use the term seasoned veteran in the comics world, but he truly is. He really knows what he's doing. And Midnight Tiger, I have, you know, this is the most original, like, teenage superhero idea I've heard since, like, Invincible, probably. Um, it's a great story, great art. Um, interesting take on, on, on the genre and some, what I like about Action Lab is, and I've said this before, when we do a superhero book, it is not a run of the mill superhero book. There's a twist or a turn or something about it that differentiates it from most, you know, the 99% of other superhero books that are derivative of one another. Um, this is an original idea that just happens to have a young man with super abilities at the center of it. And it's really great art and a great story. And issue number three is available, uh, in previews this month. Also, another uh, great story that is just kicking off that you can you definitely jump on board to, Shinobi, uh, Ninja Princess, number two, uh, by Martheus, Martha, written and drawn by Martheus Wade. Um, this is a, a, a cool, um, um, adventuresome uh, storytelling of uh, young uh, ninja um, students. It's really got this this great like loose anime style. The art is is beautiful, gorgeous. The story is really uh, really well realized, and it's just a great series all around. It's definitely getting a lot of praise and a lot of attention. Uh, issue number two is available in previews this month. Shinobi Ninja Princess, and as I said before, um, and uh, you know uh, we can't you know pull out too many kudos for this series because it is so good. Um, you can't you can't praise it enough. Skyward. Uh, volume 4, Sins of the Father. Uh, it collects Skyward's issues 11 through 12. Or, I'm sorry, 10 through 12 um, for only $10, which is, you know, a good deal. Three issues for, for $10 and a nice trade paperback edition. Um, Sins of the Father, Volume 4. Uh, it takes place uh, just after the Battle of Three Rivers, which is a really um, a big deal that's going on in the book right now. It's like a huge conflagration, and it's really going to change the status quo up quite a bit in the book. Um, this is the storyline after that, so we can go ahead and order this now, and you will be covered you know, <laughs> on your Skyward uh, Cape, you know, needs uh, going forward for, for quite a while. I personally like having the trades. I like having the collections. So, um, Skyward Volume 4, Sins of the Father, is also available in previews this month. And on the Danger Zone side, 
Uh, as I mentioned before, Crimson Society, number one, by Mike Hunau and Carlos Trigo. Um, this is a really cool mix of supernatural and sci-fi elements. Uh, the art, I would, you know, is, is has got like an anime flavor, almost like a Joey Mad uh, flavor, like, like um, American art filter through anime influence in, in kind of a way. Um, it, it's it's a really cool story. It was a digital debut for us, and did so well digitally that we decided to bring it over into print. Um, we also have a variant cover on that by Daniel Logan from Ghost Town, uh, which is limited to 1,500 copies. Uh, Crimson Society, if you want a little something supernatural, a little sci-fi, a little something a little different, then I would definitely recommend checking that out. And that's available in previews, the first issue. Um, next is a Ken Kreckler's Dry Spell. Um, we, this guy... Um, the, his main character in this book is is an office drone who realizes that he has a lot more going on than just being an office drone and kind of ascends or descends, as it were, into this uh, life of, you know, this this other life, this alter ego, as it were. Um, Dry Spell has, got, has gotten a lot of praise. In fact, the, the, um, the last review I read of it compared it very favorably to Jonathan Hickman, kind of his, like, big idea, uh, big think type books and I definitely uh, would go along with that um, that uh, tone of recommendation it's a really great book the art is really nice in it uh, if you, you know, take a look at the preview uh, covers if you don't believe me because <laughs> it's one of the sharpest books we have in in, in our in the action lab stable and uh, number three of the bi-monthly series uh, is coming out is available in previews this month and now, the book that defies all classification, the book that laughs in the face of categories and pigeonholes, uh, brought to McKinney and Larkin Ford's M Theory, is back. Uh, after the first story arc and its triumphant uh, uh, return is now called Everything and Small Doses for the next story arc, and it is a new number one issue. Uh, we have a variant cover from Jerry Gaylord that only is, uh, is limited to a thousand copies. Um, this M theory is uh, a really cool book, but it's, it, I would take it would take me a good twenty minutes to really describe what's going on in the book, and by that time you could have already read it. So why don't you? Um, the story continues from uh, from the the kind of just incredible ending of the first series arc, and um, we you know follow you know we're still following Gabriel M and his uh, his buddy Mister Whispers and. Uh, I don't know, it just kind of defies um, description, but it's really cool. If you like big idea stories, if you like, uh, sur I wouldn't even say surrealism, just kind of, if you like something, if you like things that are odd and not easily explained, um, books that you have to go back and read again after you've read them the first time just to get the next layer of meaning, I definitely would throw M Theory in that category. And the new story arc starts uh, in previews this month. You can order the first issue. Another book that's been getting a lot of acclaim, and rightfully so, is Southern Dog. Uh, number two, issue number two of the four-issue miniseries is available in previews this month, and uh, it's by Jeremy Holt, uh, who just had the um, honor of interviewing on the last uh, podcast, and uh, Alex, uh, Alex Giotto on art, uh, with Riley Rosmo doing covers. And the covers of this book are super sharp. I don't know if you've gotten it. If you check our tw Twitter feed or our Facebook feed, look for this art because it definitely sticks out. And this is not your dad's um, uh, werewolf story. He's dealing with a lot bigger issues here. The story is set during the time of Obama's inauguration in the deep, deep South. And he's using the werewolf as, as, as a way to look at issues like racism and um, you know, the change, um, you know, the sea change in thinking in, in, in America and, uh, optimism and all these kind of big ideas, but with a werewolf story. And it's really cool. It's a solid horror story done in a Southern Gothic style, almost, um, uh, political commentary by way of werewolves and William Faulkner, if you will. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, Southern Dog number two available in previews this month. And our last but not least, we have Zombie Tramp number three. Um, Zombie Tramp has uh, gone to Las Vegas and got into big trouble. And it's about to be married off to Zombie Elvis. <laughs> um, so this book, of course, is by no means getting any less weird 
or less bizarre or less out there than it has been in the past. Uh, we have two different covers for this, a safe for work and a not safe for work cover. And the not safe for work is limited to 2000 copies. Um, if you like over the top humor, if, uh, if you like zombies and you like over the top humor, if you like, you know, Vasquez or, you know, South Park or comedy that really has no boundaries, then I definitely would recommend zombie tramp to you. And, uh, number three is available in previews this month. And that wraps up our previews for the month. And now the main course of the podcast, if you will. Um, we've had all the appetizers. Uh, Anthony Ruckaser was kind enough to speak to me for a good good uh, piece about his book, The First Hero, and about other things, too, about comics in general and his life as a professional wrestler and a lot of other cool things. Uh, he's a very interesting guy. And it was a very good, uh, very interesting conversation, and uh, I'm, I'm glad he took the time to, to, uh, to speak with me. So uh, here we go. Here's the interview with Ms. Mr. Anthony Ruckies. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Action Lab Podcast, and I am here talking to Mr. Anthony Rutgeiser, uh, creator, mastermind behind The First Hero, uh, a new comic that's just debuting now with Action Lab. How are you tonight, sir? Uh, I'm doing good, Jim. How are you? I'm just dandy, thanks. Uh, I always like to start out these interviews. Um, I notice that everyone uh, who, who I've come in contact with at Action Lab has a real you know, a real feel and a real love for comics as a medium or else, you know, they wouldn't be doing it as their profession, I suppose. What, what's your comics DNA? I mean, where, where does your love of comics come from and where did you maybe first realize, you know, that, uh, what a viable medium it could be for your storytelling? Well, I actually despise comics. This is just a way to get out of prostitution for me. So. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I, hear, I hear that's a fairly lucrative gig for some guys, you know, Oh, no, I've been pimping. Uh, Fred Garvin, male uh, prostitute. I just want to put your listeners at unease right off the bat. Um, No, comics for me, I... I, um, uh, Probably when I first got into comics seriously, uh, when I was first sparked to love comics, I I bought a comic for myself, uh, and it was Wolverine number one. Uh, the series or the miniseries? The miniseries, right? Yeah, Frank, Frank Miller, Chris, Chris Claremont. Uh, classic. Yeah. Total classic. And uh, that's what started me on my way. Um, you know, I, I maybe read a half dozen comics in my life before that. Um, and, uh, you know, I had a few friends who were into comics, and we started talking, and then we started drawing together, and you know, it, it quickly became uh, something of a passion for me. So, I mean, this is this is a 30-year road, literally a 30-year road for me to get from picking up that first comic to uh, now having the first hero about to come out through Action Lab. Wow, that's got to be really gratifying to, to know that's that's on the way. And yes, I mean, the, the art the art that I've seen has been just off the chain for it. It's been really looking good, man. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Philip Seavey, who, mm. uh, uh, thank God for Al Gore and his wonderful invention, the internet, uh, because that's how <laughs> I met Phil. I, uh, my previous artist dropped off the book. Uh, I'd already, I'd already uh, gotten my deal with Action Lab, and my artist dropped off the book. And uh, um, I was in something of a panic. Um you know, because the last thing I want to do is uh, tell a publisher, here's this product that we're going to bring you. And then suddenly, um, you know, I don't I don't have my artist. I'm changing the product. And they were very understanding as to, um, you know, just the realities of, of collaborating with people and uh let me let me know you know you take your time you find yourself a new artist and i took a couple of weeks and i literally searched lip and and i'm trust me when i'm say i'm using this word properly i literally searched tens of thousands of images online wow um and narrowed it down to a handful of people that i contacted and uh um philip was 
the best choice. And uh, if if you've seen any of the preview stuff, then you know that he is he is a fantastic artist. And uh, I've been saying I've been saying for a year now, if I can keep him through the second volume before Marvel or DC steals him, steal him away from me, I'll be uh, I'll be doing myself something fantastic. So um, yeah, I'm I'm very happy to have Philip on board. He's done you know yeoman's duty with that with with his art. He's definitely um a, I think a really good fit for your premise, which I really enjoy by the way. I mean these I mean let me let me see if I'm I'm close to the mark here as I've only seen the preview art. Uh it's a world where some where people have super abilities but pretty much everybody who has super abilities has gone like criminally insane and over the top except for this one guy, Jake Roth. Uh, am I close? Uh yeah, very close. That's that's almost on the on uh hitting it on the head there. Uh yeah, the everybody who gets superpowers goes insane uh criminally or clinically um mostly violently <laughs> so uh when uh jacob roth is a marine stationed in afghanistan his he manifests his powers in battle and uh he has this constant worry uh that he's a he is going or about to go insane you know if if literally everyone has gone down a certain path before you, why would you expect that you're going to be the first word, first person to take a different path? Right. So, um, um, it seems like a cool extra extrapolation of that, of that old saw about, you know, absolute power corrupting. Absolutely. Um, you know, this power is, I mean, it just seems to be corrupting the people except for Jake, you know, they're very, the very core, you know. Yeah, and then he has, you know, the moral dilemma of whether to use his powers to do good for people, but of course that puts him at risk of being hunted down, or you know, to keep quiet and protect himself. Um, meanwhile, watching innocent people be hurt every day that he could do something to uh, to save or to help. So. That's awesome. I am. Um, one thing I really dig about Action Lab is that when we do do superhero books, they're usually always something pretty innovative. You know, I mean, it, there really isn't a superhero book in the Action Lab uh, roster that would be like, oh, well, that's just like blah, blah, blah. Or, you know, some things are different shades of other things. Like, for instance, Midnight Tiger has shades of Invincible in it, but it's light years away from that, you know, or, yeah. you know, or I like Fracture because that's kind of a, a unique idea. And this seems like a really unique idea as well. Um, and like you said, I, Philip's art seems to go really well from the previous pages that I've seen uh, with this kind of world. You know, it's very, very you know, semi-realistic, uh, you know, world where the only the, the, the insane have superpowers. Uh, it's pretty interesting. I Let me ask you real quick. How did you, uh, I, I noticed that you also have a variant cover on the first issue from Lee Motor, who's mm -hmm. a fairly legendary artist. Um, if anybody's listening to this as a comics fan, they probably know that name. Uh, how did that come about for you? Well, Lee and I have been friends for... Um... What month is it? It's July now. We've it been is. friends for 21 years. Uh, <laughs> I met Lee. I met Lee on my first day in San Diego uh, in 1993. I went. Uh, I went to the convention uh, in 93, 94, 95, 96 when I was originally trying to break in. As back a when it was still a comic book convention. Back when it was still a comic book convention. At, at that point, from 93 to 96, and somebody will dispute me on the exact numbers, um, and that's why I have this middle finger up right now. No, uh, <laughs> I'm so important. Facts, Max. Uh, it's uh, a good story. That's all that matters, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't let facts get in the way of a good <laughs> yeah, story. Yeah, exactly. Don't ruin your good story with facts. Come on. Uh, well, when I, when I was going to San Diego... The, the numbers went from 35,000 to 50,000 in attendance. And at that point, you have to remember that it was a full week. It was, these were the days of the, um, uh, the professional conference, and I'm forgetting exactly what it was called, but uh, um, was Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then the convention was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And so, you know, the first three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're, it was all creators, retailers, distributors back when it was more than just Diamond. Mm -hmm. um, 
it, it was it was you know a, a professional expo and i went down in those years uh for the full week because i was trying to break in as a writer and i had no idea what the hell i was doing in terms of my writing or in terms of finding work and you know of course i'm i'm, I'm coming in at the end of the boom as you know as the, the comics boom is dying so right well, I mean, that's about when the momentum actually shifted um, back from artists over to writers. And I know it's like, I mean, if you're an artist, it's easy. You can get your portfolio reviewed. They can look at your art. They can say, okay, exactly. you know, this, this anatomy is not good. This action is not good. This looks too cluttered, yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, there is no recourse like that for writers. I mean, it's very it's very rare you get, like, a script review, you know, thing at a con or whatever. Oh, yeah, it's it's insane. And, and, and maybe someday if I, uh, if I become you know, something more than a plebe in the, in, in the industry, maybe I will uh, set up some kind of script review thing at cons just to help, uh, you know, idiots like me. Uh, and like me, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm right in the same boat. Yeah. But at that point, you know, I, um, I, I didn't, I, I was fumbling around in the dark and uh, those years were wasted because I didn't have anybody that, you know, was, was, guiding me properly i was trying to do it on my own anyways i i i put aside the dream of becoming a comic book writer but the one thing that i i took away from those years in san diego was lee motor who i met like i said i met at a cocktail party my very first night at my very first san diego con and we've been friends ever since uh and um you know we tried to get some stuff going together and you know, we had a handshake deal with a publisher at one point that just kind of fell apart, and and I I I, I put things away for a few years, and about five years ago when I decided I wanted to write again, and and, and not long after, came up with the very first inklings of the idea that would become the first hero. Uh, it was not even a question in my mind. I called Lee and I said, "Hey, I got an idea, and uh, you're drawing it." And he said, "Okay, what's the idea?" <laughs> you know. So um, when uh, th when the series comes out, um, you're going to see some supplemental material, a couple of pages of supplemental material each issue, and amongst them will be uh, Lee Motor's very first character designs for me for the first hero. Hmm. Um, he has been uh, both. He's been friend, mentor, collaborator to me in the last few years as I've decided this is how I'm going to redirect my life and this is the creative path I'm going to take. And, uh, and I'm, I'm nothing but grateful to him. And we actually have a book uh, that we're going to be shopping in uh, hopefully um, this summer to, uh, to publishers uh, as the a book that we created together um, that I'm going to, I'm not going to talk too much about it here, but um, as much as, as, as happy as I am uh, that the first hero is coming out, I am equally happy that I actually have a project with Lee that we're working on. He's, he's, he, he's my brother. He means that much to me. So that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad um, that you guys are finally able to get together and collaborate on something after all that time. Yeah. And, I, and I really dig his cover for First Hero. I mean, that kind of uh, video camera view, you know, looking at looking at your protagonist there with like the date and the timestamp and all that and little battery thing. Ah, Jim, you're wrong, sir. I'm, a, I'm looking at the wrong cover. Listen, this is the third mistake you've made. It's the first one I'm going to correct you on. Oh, no. <laughs> I was going to footnote, but we're going to do it all at once. First of all, uh, the cover that you were looking at was done by Jamal Eigel. Okay, I'm sorry. I have my, I have my JPEGs all screwed up here. My bad. That's not, <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, I only penalize people if they don't want to learn. <laughs> no, I'm always willing to learn, believe me. And, and uh, uh, yeah, that's the, that's the variant cover uh, drawn by Jamal Eigel. And uh, Jamal, who is now a major part of uh, Action Lab, mm -hmm. uh, was actually uh, introduced to me by a mutual friend, uh, a writer and artist named Jamar Nicholas, uh, who uh, I uh, have, have plans to collaborate with. Jam uh, Jamar introduced me to Jamal 
around this time, uh, around April of last year, as I was um, uh, making my deal with Action Lab, and uh, he gave me some advice uh, business-wise that, that helped me out. Um, He's a very smart guy. Jamal is like probably is. one of the top ten smart people I know. He is. Um, I'm, and again, I'm sorry about messing up the covers. Believe me, if I and if I screw up anything else, please stop me and tell me. I would rather get the facts straight on this book than just okay, be, well, have it steamroll over it. You know what I mean? Then I'll correct you on only one other thing, sir. Uh, my last name is pronounced Rutgazer. It's a long A, not an I sound. I'm okay. <laughs> thank you. No, seriously, thank you very much. And like you said, no, I'm okay. always willing to learn, and and I'd rather get it right now and not make a mistake in the future. So. Oh, listen, dude. If this is the worst thing that happens to me today, I'm doing pretty good, right? Yeah. Hey, well, it's Canada Day. It's <laughs> offering anyway, right? Yes, it is. Happy but Canada I'm, Day to you. I'm gonna go have some poutine in celebration in a little while. I think. Well, now you're just pandering, Jim. <laughs> Oh, uh, I didn't make it, no, no, I didn't make a Tim Hortons reference. That would have been painful. Oh, you just did. <laughs> I know, and I did it in a metal way by saying I wasn't doing it. So, Mr. Rutgazer, yes, I am sorry for mispronouncing your name. So, I'm I assume, I'm I'm guessing the uh, the um, the cover with the um, with uh, Roth kneeling toward the camera with his hands on fire. That's the Lee yes. Motor cover. That is okay. the Motor cover. Motor yes. uh, Lee Motor is my uh, series cover artist. He is. Uh, somewhere in the in deepest darkest Pittsburgh right now, sketching the cover for number four. Hey, that's where I live. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, outside of Pittsburgh on a farm, but yeah, Pittsburgh area. Where, whereabouts? Uh, Murraysville. Okay. I uh, I lived in Pittsburgh for a couple of years. I worked in uh, I worked in Connellsville for a while at radio right. station. A couple of radio stations there that no longer exist. And <laughs> but uh, spent most of my time at McKeesport. Oh, okay. None of none of which is incredibly interesting to most of these fans, but uh, but here, watch. I'll, I'm gonna pop Jim right now. Here, watch this. Uh, Jim, do you remember New Eastland Mall? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I yes. um, my wife and I owned a restaurant in the South Side for about eight years. Uh, oh. G Gypsy Cafe. I'm a chef, and she's a maitre d and a sommelier. Yeah. Uh, we we just closed that down and moved out to this farm when we had children, uh, ah. just a couple years ago. So. But yeah, I, I spent uh, the past twenty years here in Pittsburgh. Great city, I love it here. Let's get back to your book, please. Yes. <laughs> or I'll talk about Pittsburgh all night. Um, the reviews have been great. I mean, Broken Infinite, uh, Comic Bastards—they're really digging what they're seeing. Uh, that's got to be really gratifying for you, especially when you told me about how long it's taken to germinate. Uh, yeah, yeah, it it it, it it's very gratifying. Um, I mean, you you create something and you. You send it out into the world, and hopefully people uh, understand it and like it and want more of it. And um, uh, so far, based on just you know reviews of the first issue alone, uh, you know we're doing pretty well. So uh, we've only had, uh, and it, I say this because it amuses me. We've had one negative review, and it seems that the that the woman who read the book just did not get things right uh and it one of the uh, it amuses me the most because I, I somebody wrote to me and said that they had made a comment about her review they basically reviewed her review on an internet comment <laughs> and, and the comment that person's comment was deleted oh so you have a reviewer who doesn't like being reviewed it's funny it's like it, it really it really varies i mean there's some sites that i trust you know the reviewers and to do a, you know a thorough and a good job uh i give a good example one of our other books on action lab itty bitty bunnies in in magic pixie Candyland, mm -hmm. um a rainbow pixie Candyland. i'm sorry um the reviewer tore it apart for being immature childish humor which is exactly what it's supposed to be. I've read that book. That's what it is. Yeah, exactly. I mean, what do they expect? Watchmen with a title no. like that? I mean, come on. But you know what? Listen, uh, the woman who the woman who reviewed the book negatively is entitled to her opinion. That's she, true. If she if if she read the book beginning to end and did not enjoy it, then by all means, it's her right to say I did not enjoy this. Now, if she didn't get the book if she didn't understand what was behind it then i would hope she would say i just don't get it it's not you know it's not for me if it's a matter of just being negative on hero superhero the superhero genre in general 
then um, that's where I start to take it with a grain of salt. Uh, if, if it's not your cup of tea, I'm not, don't put, I'm just trying to pick an example here. Okay. Don't put a My Little Ponies comic in front of me and expect me to give you a good review of it. Right. Not my cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Right. Um, and, and, and if somebody said, hey, would you review this? I'm like, but look, I don't know. She, she must have an, if she has an audience that she's speaking to, it, none of it matters. In the end, I still posted the link to her review on my website mm -hmm. because uh, it's a review and I'm going to take it at face value that she is earnest in her opinion. So, so by all means, you know, I'm not going to ignore any measure of the spectrum of reaction to my, to my work. Right. There we go. There's my political statement. I'll get down off my soapbox now. Oh, no, it's, it doesn't seem very close. It seems very uh, honest and straightforward to me. I mean, you know, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them all, and then you have the facts of life, right? Uh, let's <laughs> just do that, Jim. Yeah, I did just do that. Let's talk about your other uh, your other line of work, really. I'm ashamed for you, Jim. Yeah, I'm, hey, I'm a child of the 80s. What can I say? <laughs> That's my only excuse for this terrible behavior. <laughs> Let's talk about your other line of work really quick, because I'm interested in this, because I actually used to date a woman who was a studio wrestler for a long time. And is that the term that they use in Canada as well? Oh, oh God, no. Studio wrestling is a very Pittsburgh term. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's what we call it down here. Yeah. Um, but you have been involved in wrestling for some time now? Uh, yeah, I've been a professional wrestler on and off for um, uh, 19 years. Wow. That's got to really take a toll on you physically. Uh, it, it does, yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons that I am uh, I'm close to retiring. I've decided to uh, uh, to hang up my boots, as it were. Um, it just uh, it feels time. It feels like time, and you know, after all these years of doing it, um, I have I have other pursuits. I mean, it's going to be kind of hard for me to. Uh, be at comic conventions on a weekly basis and uh, still wrestle a regular schedule, which I'm, I'm wrestling a more a more regular schedule in the past year or so uh, than I have at any time over the past decade. I actually retired once before in the early 2000s and uh, in the last two years have my schedule was just kind of picked up as a wrestler. And uh, I can't, uh, I can't do that, um, and give uh, comic books the um, attention that that it needs. My, the, you know, just the writing process alone um, takes up time that I can't, uh, I can't spend on on promoting and traveling and, and working on wrestling. So, right. Uh, so wrestling is going the way of the dodo for me. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, do you have a, a, a persona, or do you just wrestle under your own name, or? Have... Oh, no, 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 no. That, what kind of marketability am I going to get under my own name? As I, 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 hey, you got me, pal. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, no, I, uh, I've wrestled for the past uh, 15 of those years, uh, I want to say, um, maybe more, as, uh, as Kingdom James. Nice. So, uh, and and over the last two or three years, I've been wrestling under a mask as uh, as Butcher Cartoon. Ooh, so, nice. Yes, by uh, my names. Abdul of a butcher. So um, yeah, it's. I mean, wrestling is is ridiculous amounts of fun, and um, uh, you know. Wrestling has taken me throughout the United States, and it's taken me to Spain, and it's taken me to England, and it, you know things that I would never have gotten to do, places I'd never have gotten to go without uh, professional wrestling. But you know, uh, you know, all seasons end. So, I just—it's just amazing to me that not only the physicality, but the showmanship involved, and the timing, and uh, the choreography of it all. You know, just kind of. 
this amazing subculture that I I had no insight to until I, I like I said I was dating a female um, like I said we call them studio wrestlers here named Spice and uh-huh. um, for about a year and I really got to see inside that world a little bit it was very interesting I think I know the girl you're talking about actually yeah 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 I'm, I'm married to a different girl now so yeah so we're not <laughs> too far into it I'm just <laughs> just as a point of reference I I'm, I'm almost sure that in my time in Pittsburgh I was uh, I, I was on a couple of shows with her oh yeah yeah great well um uh, <laughs> oh. oh you know I I, 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 I have nothing bad to say about her you know that's, that's enthusiasm Jim. it was an interesting time for sure yeah okay, <laughs> okay. But my wife now is very jealous, so we're going to move on to the next subject. <laughs> well, we're not trying to get you in any trouble. So. Well, thank you. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> um, are you going to be appearing at any conventions this summer to promote the first hero? Are you yeah, going, to well, going to San uh, Diego or uh, Fan uh, Expo? or? I'm not doing San Diego. San Diego is, uh, you know, it... oh, man. It's, uh, it's a whole different beast from when you went. Uh, yeah, you were talking about is, when you went before. It's a whole different thing now. And, and just the idea of the process of registering Ugh. is uh, just insane. And um, I, I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, you know, it'll have to happen in sometime in the next couple, you know, year or two. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. I'll have to go through the process because San Diego will probably become a business necessity. Uh, but right now, thankfully, it's not. Um, the book debuts on Wednesday, August 27th, uh, which a, a date that I chose specifically because the next day Fan Expo Canada begins here in Toronto. I've heard that's an incredible show, by the way. I... It's a great show. It's a great show. And it's it's approaching um, the same attendance level as San Diego. Now, now here's the thing. I mean, San Diego was capped at 130,000 people. So you can only imagine the number of people trying to get in uh, that, that they've capped attendance. And I don't think that attendance even includes um, exhibitors. Uh, the attendance is capped at 130,000. I think last year Fan Expo Canada um, grew to 113,000. Wow. But the process of uh, registering and, uh, you know, exhibiting and, 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 and or even just, uh, even just buying passes for yourself as, as a spectator uh, is for everything I know about San Diego these days, Fan Expo Canada is exponentially, uh, infinitely easier to deal with. Uh, plus, I mean, I don't have to pay for a flight. And I don't have to pay for a hotel room. I was going to say that's <laughs> pretty much your, it's your hometown con. I mean, I just take a, I take a few days off work and I uh, and, and I, I spend my time at the con. So, um, yeah, it was. Um, it was a, a stroke of good fortune for me to be able to um, to choose a release date that coincided with something like Fan Expo in my hometown. Um, on top of that, I'll be doing New York in October. I do New York every year now. Um, this again, will be- again, another in, 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 in incredibly huge show. An incredibly huge show, but I've. I, I find the process for New York also to be, I find the process for New York for me to be smoother than it is even for Fan Expo. Uh, my, uh, I had my professional registration done a month ago. The, the day or two, uh, it, well, it, right, day or two, uh, it, was, uh, it was a few minutes to fill out the form online, sent it in, uh, I think maybe 10 days later. Uh, 10, 12 days later, I got my confirmation of my professional registration. Now, uh, I mean, the hardest part of going to New York is, um, is finding a hotel that won't cost me, uh, my monthly rent Hmm. for, you know, for, for four or five days, which I'm I'm joking if I think that's possible. I'm (laughs) New York, New York is an expensive place to travel to. 
other than that, uh, New York City Comic Con has been amazing for me. So I've been, uh, I've been to New York. I didn't go to Lester Vows a few years before that, and it, it's it's great. I always have a wonderful time. I always run into a lot of people I know, even when it's you know with it being that crowded and that big of a of um of a con. I mean, it's still yeah. it's still a major you know epicenter of comic culture. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. I'd recommend Heroes Con to you too. On if you're uh, down there, it's always. I know it's kind of far from you, but it's a really good comic centric con. Well, nothing's that far. I have a time machine. Um, oh, great! <laughs> space and time. It's a good. Go back to the beginning of this interview where I mispronounced your name and changed. Uh, it. it's, it's, <laughs> it's shaped like a police box, which uh, is great when I'm traveling to uh, England in the seventies. But uh, right. other than that, it's kind of it's out. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I'm going to be increasing my um, convention schedule for next year, and Heroes Con is definitely one of the places I'm going to go. Um, the only convention that I have uh, signed, sealed, and delivered for next year so far is uh, Philadelphia Comic Con, which I confirmed, um, I want to say yesterday. Yeah, yesterday afternoon I confirmed with, uh, with them. So in May I'll be uh, in, in Philadelphia. But uh, I have plans for next year. To do, I, I, I'd like to do um, uh, Seattle. I'd like to do C2E2 in Chicago, Heroes Con, um, Baltimore, Lee Motors constantly telling me about, uh, well, I shouldn't say constantly, but he, he consistently tells me that Baltimore is a great convention. So uh, I'll be doing Baltimore next year. Uh, and a few more things here in Canada, like uh, I'd like to try Montreal. I'd like to do uh, Halicon in Halifax. Uh, next year, you know, the trade paperback for volume one comes out in December. So, um, you know, part of uh, deciding a convention schedule is uh, the ability or the opportunity to make it profitable. Um, there's really no sense in dropping a grand to go to a convention and selling three issues. Right. So, uh, you know, um, having product to sell um and and having a convention that has a good reputation for being a comic convention uh you know in quotes um helps so yeah there there there's a list of about a dozen or so shows that um i'm almost certainly going to do and another dozen that i will uh i will investigate and see and you know if the opportunities present themselves i will i'm, I'm, I'm gonna try and be as busy as possible next year sweet i think you will be after this book hits the stands and people get to look at it um, oh god well i mean you know um one of the good things about being with action lab is that a um, a rising tide floats all boats and when there's product coming out from the company like Skyward and Molly Danger and uh, the numbers that are just coming in this week for uh, Zombie Tramp number one and um, uh, you know Midnight Tiger is coming out. These are things that are going to draw people, uh, draw new eyes to the company, and hopefully you know when they say. Uh, wow, what's the buzz on this Skyward book? You know, hopefully they'll also say, what else does this company produce? And um, and hopefully that leads people to uh, to the first hero. I hope so. I, 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 well, I kind of look at the Action Lab seal as almost like a, um, a promise of a certain level of quality rather than like a, a genre like a, there are some indie comics you know who who uh, companies who specialize in certain genres they only do zombie comics or they only do you know superhero comics or whatever but i, I think it's great about action lab is the ideas are so diversified that the creators are so diversified and yet there's always that level of, of of quality that i think that action lab and the danger zone seal really kind of convey to the consumer saying okay you know this is as good as like you said skyward Molly Danger, the first hero, whatever. I, I I can I trust them to have a certain level of of quality in in the comic, and you know that that's the kind of trust we're building with the brand, you know. So uh, yeah, I definitely see what you're saying. 
Um, well, thank you so much for talking to me tonight, Mr. Rick Gazer. Uh, the, the book is the first hero and the first issue comes out at the end of August. Uh, check it out in your previews catalog. Um, there's even, we've been running on the twit on the Twitter feed an order form that you can send to your retailers. You can order copies of first hero on to make sure you don't miss out. Uh, it's definitely one of the most interesting and, um, original superhero ideas I've, I've read in a comic in a long time. And I really appreciate your time tonight, sir. Thank you for talking to us. Uh, well, just to let people know, if they want to find me uh, on Twitter, uh, they can find me at 16 hectares. That's the number one and the number six, and then the word hectares, H-E-C-T-A-R-E-S. They can also uh, learn more about me in the book at our website, which is 16hectares.com, and that's all spelled out, S-I-X-T-E-E-N. Man, I can't even spell anymore. 16 hectares. <laughs> It's spelled out. You know how letters work. I apparently <laughs> That's great. I'm a professional writer now, and I can't spell a word without it being in front of me. Um, but that's <laughs> what you have interns you'll, for. You'll, you'll, <laughs> interns? Interns? I'm allowed to have interns? Yeah, take a few interns out of petty cash. No one will notice. I, gotta, I, gotta, I really <laughs> have to reread my contract. Yeah, that. you should check. You should check out the fine print on that, man. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can find me on on. Uh, uh, on Twitter, you can find us on the web. Uh, check us out. There's more things to come from uh, from my uh, well, Marvel's the house of ideas. Mine is just the apartment of ideas. And, uh, uh, <laughs> the ideas have to be better because you don't have a whole house full uh, of room to well, have. Oh, it's a it's a rather spacious apartment of ideas. But in the end, we are just renting, so we're gonna need people to buy the book. Um, but yeah. Find us online. Uh, always happy to, uh, well, not always happy, but usually happy to talk to fans. Uh, <laughs> and and hopefully uh, at the end of August, uh, everybody's going to check out the book and, and enjoy it and come back for more because we have more to give them. And if you're going to Fan Expo, look for Anthony there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He'll be passing out copies of issue number one. Yes, yes. Happy to autograph. Uh, a copy of issue number one for you. Well, thanks again for talking to us. And uh, again, the book is The First Hero, uh, available in previews. Get it now, because you're going to regret it if you don't. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. Okay, well, thanks so much uh, to Anthony for talking to me. I really appreciate it. Um, the First Hero is available on, in previews right now. It's going to be on the stands uh, in two weeks by the time you hear this. So, um, on, you know, in August. So, uh, the first hero, uh, definitely a cool comic to check out. And, uh, as you heard, he's, he's very excited and very animated about it and, uh, very much behind his idea. And, and rightfully so it's a good, solid comic. Uh, I'd like to thank him for taking the time to talk for talking with me. And, uh, I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the action lab podcast. I'm Jim Deeds, and until next month, when I see you then, keep the lab open for you. Have a good night. We never give up on a philosopher's stone I guess anything you wanna do, you gotta do it on your own For a love of you, for a love of me For a love of everyone Who's yet to be free Borders are scars on face of the planet So heal away my alchemy man Again with a fistful of heart and a relic of future. Wapa! We rise again with a fistful of heart and a relic of future. Wapa! We rise again. Las fronteras divide solo que cicatrices. Hay gente que te engañe y se roba tus raíces. Cuando más guerrero uno no puede rendirse. Que tu dignidad nadie la pise. 
borders are scars on face of the planet So heal away my alchemy man When even atheist holds up the candle We gotta rise again We rise again with a fistful of hearts and a radical future Yeah.